Hey guys, in this video, we are going to be looking at our browser here. Okay. Um, we are going to be looking at connecting bank accounts to QuickBooks. Um, so the first thing that you need to do um, is you need to make sure that the bank account that the client is using or that you're using does not have some sort of block on it so that um, you can't connect it to QuickBooks, okay? So if you run into any issues in this process, the thing I'd recommend that you do is log into the banking and make sure um, that there's an access code so that you can connect it to QuickBooks, okay? Um, and sometimes it's as easy as just like logging in to the bank or having the client log into the bank and then um, you can fix it that way. Um, like sometimes literally all it takes is logging into the bank. All right, so we're on the dashboard and um, I'm in my books, Ringroom Digital Media. I am going to connect the, the checking account first. Um, even though both of these are with the same bank, um, I use Capital One Spark. Okay, let's see. So I'm going to connect. What this is going to do is this is going to pop up a window with Capital One. Okay, it usually tells you to log in, but I've, I just logged into the bank. So I'm going to just do the checking. I'm going to uncheck this um, for Quicksilver because typically it doesn't like trying to do both of them at the same time. Okay, so now we're connecting to Capital One. Um, so this is the checking, this is what I wanna add. And then here it says enter account type. What it wants to do is it wants to know which account you wanna link it to. If you've already set up the accounts, then you can pick your account from the drop-down menu. If you have not yet set up your account, you can click add new, and you can set it up just like we set up accounts in the previous video in the chart of accounts. Now, it says that we will pull transactions from the selected accounts from 517. Um, so remember I said um, in the chart of accounts video when we were setting up the bank account that typically there might be some manual entry. And in this case, there is. That's why I really try to encourage clients that if they're gonna do this, they do it with the, within the first three months of the year. However, sometimes it's really hard to get them to do that. Um, and so, Remember that when you do your pricing structure to do the catch-up work, that um, you're, you know, you're doing it at an hourly rate um, because it is a slower process. There is manual entry. And I would explain that to the client, like, you know, listen, if I'm going to charge you X amount per month um, to do your work, the catch-up work is more expensive because there's much more manual entry that we need to do. Um, so you could also include that as part of your, your setup fee um, and include like X amount, you know, for however many months you need to catch up. Oh, okay, so we're going to hit connect. We're going to download the 90 days worth of transactions. Okay, so sometimes this happens when you're doing it. So something unexpected happens and we can't connect. Try again in a few hours. Okay, so it typically doesn't really take a few hours, but... Okay, so I'm gonna go back to connect accounts. And this is actually, this is something that happens with all of them. 
and typically it's usually the bank side um that doesn't like it all right so we're going to sign in so maybe i wasn't actually really signed in i'm going to click remember me i'm going to sign in mm -hmm. okay we're going to do the business checking just like we did last time i'm going to hit authorize sometimes it thinks you're logged in but you're not really logged in so we're going to try it again Okay, accounts discovered that are already connected. Okay, so it says that this is already connected. So let's go back here. Let's click on this. Okay, so when I go back to my dashboard, it is actually connected. Sometimes it takes a second for the software to read it. Um, so I just went back to my dashboard now here's my bank account. Now notice it says 41 to review. Yay, that means it brought in 41 transactions from my Spark checking. Now I'm gonna go back to connected accounts and we're gonna put in Spark again and hit continue. And I'm gonna sign in again because this time I'm gonna bring in the, the credit card. Okay, so I'm bringing the Quicksilver credit card. Like I said, you can try to do them both together and then it might not work to do them both together. All right, we've found the right bank but still need to find the right transactions. Let's search the list of banks. Okay, so let's just try Capital One. Because the, the credit card isn't actually a Spark card. It's actually a Capital One card. Um, but typically the way the logins work for Capital One is you can bring everything in together. See, we're doing some troubleshooting on this one too. So even though it came in under Spark, it didn't really like that. Okay. Capital One, it's going to bring in everything from 517. We're going to hit Connect. Hopefully this one will be smooth. Yay, you're all set, you're connected, okay. And I got 58 transactions on the Capital One card. So that's it, that's how you connect to banking. Now, if in the future, if you need to update these accounts, what you're gonna do is you're gonna click on either one of these because they're gonna bring you to the same spot, okay? And then here are the two cards. So we've got the checking account and the Capital One credit card. Okay, and you can actually switch back and forth from here. If you want the checking account first, you can hit rearrange accounts and you can click edit and then drag the checking account first. I like to have the checking account first and then hit save and then close and it rearranges them. Now, you'll notice here there's an update button. Okay, um, so this can be used to check your accounts for updates. So if you just hit the update button, it's actually updating both of the accounts at the same time. 
And so this is how you would get your um, transactions to come into the account, okay? And so notice we're able to get transactions from um, 5-2019, okay? So what you would need to do for these accounts is you would need to manually enter the banking information that is not here, okay? So what you would want to do is you'd want to log into your accounts, and I'm gonna stop sharing for just a second, and I'm gonna bring up one of my statements so you can see, and we'll put in some of these transactions. All right, so I'm gonna start with January of 19. Okay. So, all right, let me share again. Okay, all right, so what I would do is I've got the, let's see, okay. So here is my statement from January 1. Hopefully you can see that. Actually, what I want to do is I'm going to I'll do split screen here so you guys can see. Okay. All right, so here are my transactions in the account. Notice there aren't a ton of them. Um, and so let's see. All right, so here's what we're going to do. So in QuickBooks, and QuickBooks is not awesome about doing split screens. It doesn't like to resize. But if I scroll over here, see where it says go to register? I'm going to go to the register and I want the checking register. Okay. And then I am going to put, I'm going to click on the button that says add check. Okay. So I have to manually enter these transactions. So actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to make this a little bit smaller and I'm going to make this a little bit bigger. And this is like a solution for you guys that like if you don't have multiple screens, okay, this is a way that you can get around that. Okay, so I'm gonna be typing, I try to keep my hands off the mouse when I'm entering transactions. Okay, so on the first transaction here, okay, liberated syndication on 1-2 of 2019. So 0102. 19. Okay, there's no check number. So this is reference number. I'm going to delete that. The payee is Libsyn, and I'm going to add Libsyn. Okay, Libsyn is a vendor, so I'm just going to hit enter, and that will save that. Okay, and then the payment amount is 20. Okay, so I want to be in the payment column. This is the deposit column, if it was a deposit. And then if I scroll back over, okay, I really wish there was a way that you could close this, but unfortunately you can't. Um, okay, so let's see. 
Okay, so the account for this, now I know there's one that was had to do with software. So the cool thing with this is if you know software is in the name, okay, I can actually type in software and notice it gives me office supplies and software. So I'm going to use that and then I'm going to hit tab one more time, okay, two more times to get to save and hit enter, okay. So notice this is much slower than just bringing in the transactions, okay. But when you need to get stuff in there, okay, now notice this time it automatically, when I typed in Libsyn, it, it put in office supplies and software, so that does save you a little bit of time. Okay. And then I'm going to hit save. Okay. So one, two again. So I'm still on that date. I'm not going to put all of these in, but now Google's already in here because I remember putting in Google before and the payment is 2020. But it does not know what Google was for because we put Google in, in a different account. Um, so this is software. Okay. And then I'm going to save. All right. So now we're on a different date, right? So we're putting in, um, we're putting in payroll taxes. So now here's one thing. If you don't know what something is, right? So this is gusto tax. If you don't know what gusto is, you have a friend named Google. Okay, Gusto, all-in-one platform for payroll. Oh, okay. So this says Gusto Tax and Gusto Net. So this is net payroll, and this these are the taxes for the payroll. Oh, okay. So now I know what that is. Cool. So this is on the third. So one cool trick is if I hit the plus sign, It'll bring me up a date. If I hit the minus sign, it will bring me down a date. So I'm going to go up one day. Now, when I'm doing entry for something like this, okay, um, I want as much to autofill for me as possible. So I'm going to put, I'm actually going to call this Gusto Tax, okay? Um, and we'll say that this is a vendor, and I'm going to hit save. And then I'm going to put in the payment amount as 232.08. Okay. And then the account. So I do not have any payroll account. So I'm going to put payroll taxes. And I'm going to need to add that account. Come on. I'm going to add payroll taxes. Okay, that's very bizarre. Hmm. All right, let's see. All right, so what happens if I try to save this? It's going to tell me that's not a valid account. 
This is why software is fun. Do you want to leave without saving? No. Their taxes account? All right, let me see. I'm gonna make this big. Let's see. All right, so I'm gonna try to refresh the screen and see what happens. Okay, add check, 0103, 2019. Okay, so Gusto Tax is still in here. And let's see. back over here, Gusto Tax, 232.08. Okay, I think I actually had a glitch on my internet, and I think that's why it didn't work. All right, so I'm going to put this, I need to set up the new account. It's an expense. And do, 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 do taxes paid, okay, for the detail type. Okay, so basically we're saying this is an expense, right? It's taxes paid. Now, how do I know it's an expense? Okay, so remember, we said that we have five types of accounts. We have assets, liabilities, equity, revenue, and expense. Okay, is this an asset? No, because we don't own it. Is it a liability? No, because we don't owe it. We paid it, right? It's paid. Um, is it equity? Does it have to do with owners? Well, it's their payroll, but no, it's not like, it's not something that the shareholders own. Um, is it revenue? No, because it's not income coming in. Is it an expense? Well, okay, so we said an expense is a cost of doing business, right? Is, this, is payroll a cost of doing business? Yes. Are the taxes having to do with payroll a cost of doing business? Yes. Okay, so this is an expense and the type is taxes paid, okay? All right, so we're gonna add this. We're gonna call it payroll taxes. We're gonna hit save and close. You don't have to put the word expense at the end of everything, okay? Um, because QuickBooks is categorizing it, you don't have to do that. All right, and then we're gonna hit save, okay. All right, let's put in one more since we had that little glitch. So I'm just going to call this Gusto Net. Okay. I like to make them match because it makes my life easier when I'm doing the entry or when I'm trying to match things up. I'm going to put this under payroll. Let's see. I'll put this under salaries and wages. Okay. All right, again, this is an expense because it's a cost of doing business. And let's see, is there something for, there's payroll expenses. Let's see, we will put it under payroll expenses. Okay. Now, here it says use payroll expenses to track, you know, compensation of officers, guaranteed payments, workers' comp, salaries and wages, and payroll taxes. Um, 
on tax returns, payroll taxes go with taxes, not with wages. And so I always put payroll taxes under taxes, okay? Um, it's just, it's the way that I've always done it because it has more to do with taxes than it does with payroll as far as tax returns are concerned. So I'm gonna hit save and close on that. Okay, and then I am going to click save. Okay, so um, I am going to finish putting these transactions in for the month. Um, in the next video, I am going to show you how to classify the transactions that we imported. Okay, so that way you guys can get an idea of how that works. Um, and we're also gonna do a video on how to reconcile and how easy the reconciliation process is. So most of what you're gonna do in QuickBooks actually has a lot to do with importing transactions, the register and reconcile. Okay, so, um, but I wanna show you how fast that process is so you can see why I'm like a real stickler on sticking with particular types of clients. So stay with me. Um, and I will see you in the next video where I show you how to import transactions.